Welcome to the suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And this, this is, is Suburban, Suburban Podcast. Podcast. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. All right. Have fun and enjoy. Let's get to it. I just feel like I'm not a good black person if I don't pay attention to Essence Fest or uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. <laughs> I don't think I ever pay attention to NBA All-Star Weekend. Um, I was loosely planning to go to Essence Fest and then that shit gets booked up really fast. Yeah, it does. One time we had a, a family reunion in New Orleans <clears throat> and it was the weekend of Essence Fest. They did mm-hmm. it on purpose. I, I didn't go down to the... Uh, the thing my sister and her husband at the time they did with our cousin that lived in uh New Orleans. They had fun though. That's the year that Maxwell uh had just came back out with uh Pretty Wings. Okay. And that album. And so he performed he was the headliner that year. Mm. And it might have been it might have been one of the first years Beyonce was the headliner. It was somebody else that was really big. I can't remember who it was. What was that, like 2008? Yeah, about 2008, 2009. Because it was after I got back from Grambling. Because I had tried to hit up some of my people down there. Yeah, I have no idea who performed at Essence. <laughs> uh, um, I've never even been in New Orleans. Really? Every time I say that to somebody, they be like, Oh my God, we gotta go. I'm supposed to be going to New Orleans for Alexis' bachelor party in October. I think it's... No, September. Oh, yeah, because the wedding's in October. Yeah. Um, uh, New Orleans is... I, I, I don't know if I would want to go during this season. It's hot as hell. I hate humidity, but humidity on top of heat. Exactly. I can't. I'm I'm an oily bitch, so <laughs> extra moisture sitting on top of my face, I would just be greasy as all hell. That's how I be. Like, I'm sober when you said to go back to Mississippi and shit. Ugh, ugh, oh, ugh. it was terrible. Ugh. But every time I go to New Orleans, I'm just like, it's a beautiful city, especially like history wise and stuff. I haven't. Every time I go there, I don't experience the. The stuff I want to do, I'm always with other people. Mm-hmm. So, like, the last time we were uh, <clears throat> for Colton's bachelor party, when we were in New Orleans, we uh, we stayed down from Congo Square in Armstrong Park. Mm-hmm. And Congo Square is where they used to let slaves uh, on Sundays when they, they would let the slaves off and they would dance in the square. Oh, wow. I didn't know about that. So, um, I want... I wanted to go to the park while we were there, but we were too busy getting messed up. <laughs> but it's fun. It's just Bourbon Street is so overrated. Yeah, that's what everybody says. Like, it just, the smell, you'll never want to go to New Orleans again. <laughs> like, it smells like just, 
it's too many human uh, bodily fluids on that street. Ugh. And it's like, you got to think about how, how old New Orleans is as a city. Mm-hmm. I think it's been there since, what, 1600s? When yeah. the French were? Yeah, Man. No, no, no. no. <laughs> No. That's that's old, and it's below sea level. Yeah, Ugh. but mm-hmm. like I got a good amount of people that well, they live there until uh, Katrina. But yeah, it's 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 fun to go, but it's um unless you're with a big group of people that you like. <laughs> yeah, like you can have fun anywhere. People always ask me to go for like birthday weekends and all that, you know, jazz and craziness, but it never happens. So I don't know. I just don't have the desire to go during these these blistery months. You still trying to go to Afropunk? I do want to go to Afropunk. I have to plan. So the end of the year is about to be crazy for me because September I'm going to San Diego for Beyonce. The end of September. Mm. And then Afropunk is literally two weeks after that, which is cool because it's on a weekend, so I wouldn't have to like take off in the middle of the week or whatever. But when is Afropunk again? The 13th and 14th of October. And then Lexus <clears throat> Wedding is right after that, too. That following weekend. Huh. Um, so I have to I have to figure some shit out. And then friend's 30th birthday is in october and in november and in november <laughs> and then mine is in december i have no idea well i have nothing but everyone's like what do you want to do and i'm like i honestly don't know i have no idea what i want to do i usually i hate birthdays secretly <clears throat> i absolutely hate my birthday i don't hate it it's just always i feel like it's it's always hit or miss for me like i don't really get excited about it until maybe like the day of which means i never have any plans and then the the day comes and i'm like well i don't got no plan (laughs) like i don't have shit to do this is just another day but and then like the day of and you haven't made any plans you haven't even talked to nobody and you're just like i've wasted this day (laughs) (laughs) and you get so mad literally i will not do this and then the same thing happens the next year are you trying to rally people up at the last minute you gotta like, rally hey, the troops it's my birthday niggas let's, let's turn up and they be like oh I'm like oh okay I have the unfor- unfortunate part that my birthday is usually around Thanksgiving like I was born on Thanksgiving mine is exactly a week after Thanksgiving so I didn't have like I probably had like one birthday party for real where I had people that I wanted to be there <laughs> When I was growing up, and then the years at Chance's house, he always threw me a party, which yeah. always got way out of hand, <laughs> out of fucking hand. Um, but yeah, because yeah. that was always Thanksgiving break. Yeah, so everybody, so everybody back. was here. Man, I remember that one uh, winter break. Like we started like on my birthday, like everybody came came back for Thanksgiving, and then everybody went back for finals. Mm-hmm. And then that winter break, we partied the hard as fuck. That's when Colton had to go back to Auburn. <laughs> like his dad sent him back to Auburn a week early because he, he was, was wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! He was wilding all the way out. 
How is dad sending him back to Auburn? You can't force no grown ass man. To- well, he he told me he had to get out of Madison County, and he left. <laughs> Damn, like it was well deserved. Though. If I was his father, I would have sent him back too. And just like in true fashion, anytime my friends got in trouble, I wouldn't go to their house for a couple mm-hmm. weeks. Stay out the mix. Yep. Cause don't have them parents associating you with all that. <laughs> <laughs> Like Utah Chance did anything, I wouldn't see Stan for weeks. <laughs> I'd just stay away. <laughs> oh man! But um, yeah, I I would like to go to Afro Pump. Yeah, I would too. I've been wanting to go for like three or four years. And then plus the internet or performing and NERD, bruh, that alone. I wanted to go last year because one of my favorite bands. Was performing Young Fathers. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say, I wish they would um, branch out and bring it to more cities because it's only in New York or Atlanta, Johannesburg, South Africa. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> <laughs> um, more feasible cities to travel to. Mm. Atlanta's pretty close. Yeah. I mean, I would like. I think they'll eventually start branching out, but then by that time. It'll be so lame. It'll be like I hope not. I mean, because uh, if, if it keeps getting bigger, just imagine how many more artists they can put on. Especially like the the more underground people that can bring them to the forefront. It's because there's so many just talented like black artists. Yeah, that are un. But some people like under the radar. Apparently, like when it first started, it was only for like black. Uh, punk bands and black like metal bands yeah and some people started getting a little upset when they started letting more of the mainstream Mainstream. artists but i mean if it's gonna be a fest though i feel like it needs to be a you know conglomerate of Mm. uh, (laughs) so for corporate interest you want to sell out to the man shut up (laughs) no i'm just saying like (laughs) That's how you bring out more people, I guess. You know, appeal to the masses. Yeah, but by bringing out more people, you also bring out those people. Yeah, those people that just water down everything. That's true. I mean, I would still go if it was just punk. I feel like it was like for kids like us growing up. That's what the shit. Like, that shit was for us. That's the, yeah. Like, when everybody else talking about Bonnaroo and shit, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But now that I know about Afropunk, I'm like, right. Nigga, where'd I want to go? And the crazy thing was, I used to want to go, and I was like, man, I, ain't, I can't afford to go to New York and, like, really party. And then I found out about Atlanta. I was like, oh, shit. Atlanta is doable. Atlanta is the blackest city <laughs> in all, the South. Yeah, by far. <laughs> the blackest city that has actual things you can do yeah it's black hollywood yeah essentially oh and uh i heard that is it is it charleston in south carolina that is pretty black too oh yeah i haven't been there i want to go there soon actually yeah i've never been to any of the carolinas that's where our peoples is from (laughs) i don't know where our peoples are from (laughs) I read this thing where they said 90% of all black people can trace their roots back to South Carolina. Hmm. Because that was the main port. Do they have any um, historic monuments? They're building a museum now. 
it's gonna open in like 2020 and it's gonna have it's gonna give you genealogical tips for how to trace your family and it's gonna be on the port where they used to bring uh enslaved africans mm, to the new what's world up. yeah so i eventually i definitely will go to that when it opens up washington dc is also a very black ass city Yeah, we went to so I in band. We went so many places in band. We went to DC. I forgot what year, but of course we only went to you know the Lincoln Memorial. You said Lincoln Memorial like it ain't. I mean, I'm saying like we didn't go to no black shit. You know, we went to Dr. King. Uh, did I have a dream speech there? We didn't go there. We're not gonna acknowledge that. We did not oh, go so there. Brady didn't want y'all to go to no black shit. Huh? Surely didn't. Nope. I only went once, and it was for Obama's inauguration. Hmm. I wish I had a chance to go to one of his. It was the first one, so that shit was extra hype. Mm-hmm. So we, we took a bus. Which was the dumbest decision I've ever done with A and M students up there. It was awful. I bet y'all partied like, like yeah, maniacs. And then one person got lost, and they ended up on the on the DC uh, subway, and so we couldn't leave until they got back. So we wow. waited at RFK Stadium for a good three hours. Wow. And straight ruined. in the cold. Yes. Ugh. And we got to the uh, Capitol at like <clears> four <throat> in the morning. Damn. It was cold as fuck. I bet. So we and then the inauguration didn't start until like Obama didn't get there till like eight, I think. Mm. But it was dope. But <laughs> <laughs> that experience took away from yeah, me. like. It was on some extra, like, this shit can only happen at HBC. Alright, so, we were, I was on Twitter the other day. And I decided, well, I was scrolling and I saw somebody uh, that posted a picture of, you know, those things where they have, uh, who does this artist make music for? And they had a picture of Paramore <laughs> and somebody retweeted and commented, "Black, <laughs> who does Paramore make music for? It said black people. <laughs> Bro, black people were all in the mentions yes. with all the song lyrics. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it is about Paraborda. I don't either. Because maybe it's a timing thing. Because I mean, she is from the well, she's from the south. I mean, I, when you go back and look at the lyrics, though, they were pretty savage. They were, but that's. It's just crazy that that black people could embrace this one band <laughs> and be like super fans or like Paramore. Somebody said when she said, don't go crying to your mama, I already knew what was up. <laughs> 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 That's black ass shit. Yeah. Oh, you know, I didn't think about. Um, 
she was on airplanes with BLB. The love for Paramore was was before that though, but she also was Haley was on uh, airplanes. Why is that song that name sounds for me? I can't think of the melody in my head. We got airplanes in the night sky, shooting stars. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And that one went hard too. Yeah, that's before BLB got crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That was unfortunate and unforeseen. <laughs> it's like everybody goes to Hollywood and gets a hold of some weird shit. Start drinking that hotep juice. <laughs> hotep punch. Um. So after that happened, after I retweeted that, Kim retweeted it, and it shit started going crazy. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Every single like I almost read damn near every single comment. <laughs> Black people are fucking, and so like we had briefly talked about how, like on our Dive of Weird Black Kids episode <laughs> about how uh, black people love like certain groups. Yeah, and so we just decided we were gonna go down a list of <laughs> <laughs> some of the groups that. Uh... Okay. Of course, Paramore. Paramore. Coldplay. Yeah. Coldplay is lit. Green Day. Yup. Fall Out Boy. Yup. Nirvana. <laughs> yup. Smells like Teen Spirit. Rage Against the Machine. Yup. Yeah. <laughs> right. I love Rage Against the Machine <laughs> because they are so like socialist in their lyrics and <laughs> radical. And Tom Morello is half black, so it just fits. Yep. Anthrax, they had a song with Public Enemy, Turn It Up. They have sound ever, familiar. Have you ever played Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2? That was Ooh, one of the songs. Did I? I used to play some no, it wasn't it wasn't skateboard. It was another game. I think it was snowboarding. Anyway. <laughs> Lip Biscuit, of course. Yep. Uh Lip Biscuit is like the the blackest white group of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Fred Durst, I'm I'm sure Fred Durst think he black. Probably, I mean, all the shit that he used to wear. That backwards red hat, <laughs> Bruh, I'm convinced that Fred Durst ain't nigga. I was just trying to see if you spit out your drink. Oh shit! But you know he says it and he means it. Like, <laughs> like I'm let him ride. <laughs> like nigga, shut the fuck up. Uh, corn. Yep. That freak on the leash beat is still sick as hell. Corn, uh, corn was a hit in middle school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> them and Limp Biscuit were like, yeah, they were, like they the were shit. the yeah. thing. That yeah. new metal. Also. Gotta talk about we talk about new metal Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park. I was just gonna say that, like they were all in that same era. Um, then to dig into R and B. Okay. Uh, Bobby Caldwell. Bobby. I swear to God, I didn't know Bobby Caldwell was black until like three years ago. <laughs> Whenever he showed up on that BET Awards, I was like, wait, right? It's I a lot. Know this it's a lot of people still to this day that's just like, hold up. Bobby Caldwell is white. <laughs> I want to say, um, Kev on stage put a video up about that. 
about how you didn't know. Maybe, maybe it was either a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago. It was hilarious. Uh, of course, the late great Tina Marie. Yes, yes, yes. Tina Marie. I didn't know she was. I didn't know she was white for the longest either. Me neither. Grow up listening to Fire and Desire, especially from that episode of Martin. Mm-hmm. And you like Tina Marie's white. And then even when I did see her, I thought she was mixed. Yeah, she had features that could go either way. Yeah. Um, the legendary the Bee Gees. My daddy loved the Bee Gees. Niggas loved the Bee Gees, <laughs> bro. Like that was like that was the seventies. Like that was their shit. It was like, man, I, I, I like all this other disco shit, but Bee Gees go hard. Yup. Bee Gees got hits, man. They got emotions. They got. Uh, how do you mend a broken heart? Yeah, all the shit from Saturday Night uh, Fever. My daddy used to go hard for the BGs. Oh, uh, who else we got? The Beatles, of course. JT. Hmm. He's on the fence right now. I don't have a problem with Justin Timberlake. It's it's complicated. <laughs> I I love his music, but. I understand. Mm, yeah, I mean, I understand. I'm just not in that same boat right now. And also, he's doing like a shift right now. Yeah, he is. To where he's like reminding everybody that, like, in that what, last what album. What his roots are. Yeah, that last album when he kept saying, What's Man it? of the Woods? Yeah, when he was like, I'm from the South, whatever. Oh, yeah. Act like the South ain't the shit. Yeah. And it was like, Bro, nigga, we know you from Nashville. <laughs> I mean, from Memphis. Memphis. Like, we know where you from. You ain't got to act like that. And then, like, I don't know. feel like he's kind of not embracing us as much. But, hey, it is what it is. You know, I feel like um, country in general is taking a new, like, it's 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 on a new wave. And yeah. I don't know if I like it. Yeah, you talk about like the country rap. It's like country pop. Like I don't know. It's too cultural vulture. Uh, it's too much like uh, gentrification. <laughs> <laughs> that might be it. But yeah, he. I feel like he's going in that direction too. Like yeah, which I had defended him before, especially like. Even the NSYNC days, like when they came out with Gone, bruh, they were playing that old 106 apart and niggas was riding that shit. That was a good one. <laughs> and then Girlfriend, and then the Girlfriend remix. With, oh my uh, goodness. Nelly. Oh my goodness. And then he dropped his album. It was all over. He had Pharrell. You know what the interesting thing is? They said a lot of that album was actually written for Michael Jackson. Wow, and Michael Jackson didn't—he passed on some of it, like—and then so Pharrell just used it with Justin Timberlake. Hmm. But I mean, I can see Justin—he definitely has MJ influence. Yeah. So. And then plus the whole, the whole Prince thing was kind of messed up. Yeah. Like him having a listening party for that album at Paisley Park and Prince. Knowingly didn't fuck with you. Oh, I didn't know he had a listening party. He had a listening party right before the Super Bowl at Paisley Park. Wow. And you know, then they were saying that he was gonna do the hologram, and then 
the way they used it was respectful. Yeah. But still, if he had, had a Prince hologram, and Prince had said that they was it was demonic. I the the best part of that tribute was the way they lit up the city. Yeah. That was the best, most respectful part. Right. Because Prince is Minnesota. But, yeah, I'm kind of iffy about uh, old JT. <laughs> then we got uh, the Beebs. Bieber. So when he dropped, um, actually, I want to I guess it was his most recent album. Everybody was fucking with him. Like the one with Sorry and, uh, yeah. Man. I, at that, first, I was skeptical, no, and I that, listened that to that it, and I was like, "Okay, the truth." <laughs> yeah, that album is all the way hard. He just got engaged. What's up with these youngins getting engaged a, a, a month after meeting them? Well, no, he got engaged to Haley Baldwin. I have no idea who that is. Alec Baldwin's daughter. She's a model. She's a supermodel. That's who that is. She's gorgeous. But um, they they had dated. I want to say last year, and then they broke up for a while, and oh, recently okay. they got back together and. So, but yeah, that last uh, Bieber album, Ed Sheeran wrote a lot for that because I think he wrote "Sorry" and then he wrote "What Do You Mean?" Okay, come through Ed Sheeran. That's another one that Black people write yes. for. <laughs> Ed, Ed Sheeran, Sheeran. <laughs> is that dude? Like when he went on the Breakfast Club those two times, I was like, man, this is a really white dude. <laughs> okay, but. <he> was- but- <laughs> He got our attention. Um, Elton John is another one. That's true. Yeah. Elton John. Uh, my dad like Rod Stewart for some reason. Can't say my dad does. Um, David Bowie, of course. That that really upset me when he died. Who else? Be- the Beatles. Or they like my mama. Goes hard for the My Beatles. My mom loves Beatles too. What's your mom's favorite Beatles song? Um, I don't know. Mine. Everything. Shit. Everything <laughs> that come on should be like ah. My, <laughs> my mom's is "Here Comes the Sun." And my favorite Beatles song is "Let It Be." Oh yeah. The, like the, the organs on that are so dope. It's pretty. It's a pretty epic type of feel. Play that shit at my funeral, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Real shit. <laughs> like, is this the Beatles? <laughs> like, Juice did always have a good ear for music. This is perfect. <laughs> music nerd. <laughs> yeah, we lost him. But did you hear that playlist? Okay. <laughs> Nigga, let's go through his music. <laughs> Where his music at? Um, who else? Oh, the the face of uh, Blue Eyed Soul, I guess you could say. Elvis Presley. Oh. How do you feel about Elvis? He's a beautiful man. I can admit um, that. Yeah, he, he was. After finding out... <laughs> Uh, you know where his content came from. I don't, I don't know if I can respect his his art. Um, Elvis is a tricky figure because 
there's a lot of misinformation from like the 50s about Elvis and how he felt about like black people. Mm-hmm. And most of that's not true. Okay. But like when he was first starting out, he did go to black churches and he would go to like black Jew joints mm-hmm. and stuff. And he would always give credit to who they were. Okay. It's just the people around him thought he was encouraging uh, miscegenation, which is uh, interracial relations. Mm-hmm. So they tried to divide, they tried to drive a wedge between the black and white audiences. But my great grandma, my mom always said, to the day she died, I always said Elvis was her man. <laughs> so black people were still messing with him. some good songs on there i just thought the sequencing was really off well somebody was saying that there was um oh not somebody they were talking about it on the breakfast club and they were saying that um there was a couple of them that she wasn't completely satisfied with like either she felt like they weren't completely finished like they didn't Mm -hmm. have the finishing touches that she wanted so yeah but I think that's also a common thing now because Drake is even going back and changing some of the things on Scorpion. He's remastering it. So when is he going to drop? No, I'm saying it's like he can leave it up, but he's going to re-up it. Oh, okay, okay. But, you know, Kanye did that on Pablo like multiple times. Mm -hmm. Um, Even I have done it where I had to go back and change tracks and resubmit them. Do you think that hurts... um the listenability or the listening factor like do you think after you drop it people lose interest i think it it can well i kind of like i was thinking about that the other day i kind of feel like it's also amazing that we can see that a body of work is a living thing Mm -hmm. and you can change it Mm -hmm. and update it but the old school part of me is like i want an album completely finished by the time i'm listening to it right Exactly. Like, that's how I feel. Like, respect your customer enough to do that. That's how I feel. Like, especially as an artist, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I say that like I'm active. I really need to get back in my shit. I really do. I have a lot of things in my head, but I feel like you would never go to a show in a museum and look at a painting. And then next week it's different. You know what right. I'm saying? Like <laughs> that's, that's that's a great uh that's a great analogy. But I think it's this new era of streaming though. Like because that's the you only can't, way. you're not putting out a physical C D right. or a tape, like that's the only reason why it's um it's even able to happen. Because like you have a thumb drive and you're the only that's why nothing leaks anymore. Mm-hmm. You're not shipping it to Target and then some dude that makes five dollars an hour is selling bootlegs. Right, like it's a different era, but I don't, I really don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, I think once I, if you put an album out, I'm gonna listen to it for what it is. So if you remaster it, 
I think I'm going to be less inclined to listen to or be as connected to the remake. Because I feel like with me, I make connections with music. And mm. you know what I'm saying? Especially the way that they're ordered on an album. So if you switch that up. It's going to mess up my experience. Exactly. Um, I, I also make a connection with music. But I do revisit things a lot. Mm. So, like, I'll, I'll use Pablo for example. Like, the updates and how he kept infamously, tr- he kept trying to change Wolves. Mm. Like, the Wolves that he performed on Saturday Night Live was perfect. And then he took Vic Mensa and Sia off of it on the first album version. And they were always like, yo, why'd you mess up Wolves? And then he on the updated one he added that, I added Big Mensa and Sia, so it's cool that they could do that. But I don't. just be ready, man. Be have your shit ready when you send it out. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, but I did enjoy Wolves, the the fully remastered one. Mm. And then plus I bought. The only problem that I would have with that is, say, if I wanted to buy Scorpion on vinyl. And it's not the version that I listened to when I ordered it. Right. So it's like, yo. What did I pay for? Right. But also now when people do uh, vinyl copies, they pre-order them. And so you don't get them for like a couple months. Like I have an autograph. uh copy of Unmastered Untitled by Kendrick mm-hmm. and it took me like five months to get that one I still have never actually listened to it damn what you waiting on I don't know like it's autographed it's... it is it is and you can't read his handwriting at all so fucking bad <laughs> I was like nigga I waited five fucking months and you scribbled on this shit I could have fucking done this shit <laughs> I don't know if that's you. It don't look like Kendrick Lamar's. It probably down. ain't. It probably ain't. It's a stamp. I'm saying. Um, I have a couple of vinyls I haven't listened to. But back to Tiana though. What? How did? What's the vibe? It's good. It's like she has really good songs. It's just. Is it like summertime bops or is it like? It's summer. Life it's definitely stories. She has. That's summertime bops, but it also has like weird, like emotional things. Like that song that she has about she she remakes never uh, what's it called? Never would have made it. Mm-hmm. The gospel song, mm-hmm. and it works well. But then the song that follows that is. Um, Warning, uh, work that. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's uh, all over the place. Yeah, my homeboy hit me up and told me that um she put out a song that basically said that um three way. It's all about yeah. pleasing her man. Yeah, and that song is actually really good. Iman wanted a threesome one night and she did it because he wanted it and I'm just like 
that discourages me <laughs> so much. Like a bad bitch like Tiana is not enough to satisfy Iman. Mm. A bad bitch like Beyonce was not enough to satisfy Jay Z. Like what the fuck? What do I don't have a fighting chance if these <laughs> if these women aren't enough? Try to think how to say this. <laughs> um. Uh oh. Okay. Um. Do you believe that monogamy is the only way that relationship works? No, not for everybody. So do you think... I know people have open relationships. But I'm saying, like, do you think, like... Well, from what he was telling me, she was only doing it to please him. I so I, that that could be... I can't remember it. Completely I wrong. Because I, I thought that... They have a weird relationship anyway. But I thought that she was... I'm not mistaken. I thought she was attracted to women also. So um, I can't see. I didn't know that. I think she is. What is mistaken. what does KTSE even stand for? Oh, I have no idea. It doesn't say in the description. I'm going to have to look it up. But, um... Do you think that cheating is the ultimate disrespect in a relationship? Hmm. Yes, because I feel like it's the ultimate lie. Like like being dishonest and not communicating is a huge thing. Communication is major, especially for me. So if you cheated to me, that means there was something wrong with us that you didn't talk to me about or you did and you didn't give us a chance to work through it or you felt unfulfilled in some way and you didn't let me know you know what I'm saying yeah um I typically tend to agree with that and I've felt that way in the past in other situations but I also think that it's possible that people I I think that sexuality is so it's a mixture of so many different things. Like it's a mixture of time, place, uh, the chemicals in your body mm-hmm. and how your chemicals react with somebody else's chemicals. Mm-hmm. And I think it's possible that you can get caught up and you just, you cheat and. Oh, keep that same energy. That's KTSE. Oh, I thought you were saying like uh, what I was saying. Oh, was no. like, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah. Well, I mean, I, I just feel like once again, it's just down to communication. Like if you, if you feel like, or if you have ever felt like you're a person that is not capable of only loving one person at one time, you need to say that, you know, from jump. Like if you know you have a tendency to, to cheat or step out, on the other your significant other that should be communicated like straight up but why would I, I, I'm playing devil's advocate at this point but why would somebody do that if they really just want to be with that person if you really want to be with that person be with that person then 
Yeah, but why would they tell you, well, I'm a cheater? First thing you should know is I'm a cheater. You can't trust me. Because, I mean, because <laughs> you never know if the other person is open to an open relationship or not. But how many, like, not, all right, if you had to guess out of 10 women, how many of you actually think are would be okay with an open relationship? More than you think. I feel like now it's it's becoming like, even going back to Bumble, there are so many couples that I come across on there now. And it's just like, okay, people are... Man, you popping in the streets. People <laughs> are out here looking for, you know what I'm saying, a girl to to be the the girlfriend of the couple like I feel I feel like this shit's evolving I think it is and but I just now I don't think I I don't think I could do it honestly and that may be because for one I haven't been in that many relationships so when I do get in one I definitely don't want to share right (laughs) or I don't want to be in one that would make me feel like I'm not enough because ultimately that's what cheating feels it would like. make me feel like i think that's i mean yeah um for the toxic male perspective <laughs> i don't think any guy is cool with his girl being in an open relationship i don't think so i think guys say they are they don't want that shit just be, to cover their ass for when they do yeah but the, like who was it that said i'm in an open relationship but my girlfriend isn't <laughs> Yeah, men definitely do not want their girl or even their former girlfriends dating anybody. Men are so messed up. They don't want their daughters dating any fucking men. Yeah. That's a mind fuck. That's how toxic masculinity works. Mm-hmm. That you don't want any other women around you to have a relationship or sex. With anybody except for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's... And it's conditioning. That's why, like, that's why people have to give us a chance to unlearn the messed up stuff we've been taught our whole lives. Man, I have, speaking of, I have a whole new Bumble experience. <laughs> all right. Wait up. That's all I want to do. I got to put it on Bumble Chronicles, man. Okay, so <laughs> I matched with this dude. I want to say, what's today? Monday? Mm-hmm. I want to say Friday. Seemed cool, seemed real laid back. Asked me for my snap, gave him my snap, whatever. Um, The first snap he sent me it was just like a picture of him. Like, hey, what's up? It's me. I was like, oh, okay, like, hey, whatever. So this same night, he's asking if I want to FaceTime and I'm like, mm, I don't really like FaceTiming for one that my house, our service is shit. So it's just never a good experience. Right. <laughs> Two, I'm just like, no, why can't we just meet up? Like, I'm not going to sit here and hold my phone and be like, Mm-mm, no. 
Um, I don't really like FaceTiming or being on the phone, to be honest with you. Me neither. <laughs> it's like, if, it, if you can put it in a text, put it in a text, nigga. Anyway, so he's asking me if I want to FaceTime, and I'm like, no, not really. Like, this is it's too soon, my nigga. Like, we just <laughs> calm down. So I was like, mm, maybe tomorrow, question mark. Knowing good and well, I didn't want to do it. Whatever. So he's like, okay, it's cool. Like, I get it. So, um... He continues to like be flirty and shit and I'm flirting back, whatever. So the next day he reminds me that I said that we were going to FaceTime and I'm like, fuck. So, (laughs) so I was like, okay, cool. We can FaceTime. So we FaceTimed and three minutes in my service was doing what it does best. It was going in and out at our house because we live in sticks (laughs) So I'm just like, this, this is just not working. And he's like, well, let me, let me see if I can, you know, reconnect my service and then I'll call you back and we'll see, you know, if it's better. So he does that, calls me back. Still the same shit. We ended up ending the FaceTime call, but he was talking to me about just, you know, regular shit. We were in regular conversation. This nigga flips the camera and he's jerking off. Oh my god. Oh my god. And my service is shit, so it froze. So I was I was like I was like, yeah, no. This we're gonna have to end it. And he I could hear him, but I just like the screen wouldn't move and he was like, Oh, like you what do you th- I was trying to give you a show and I was like I, we were just having a regular ass conversation. Like, what the fuck? So I was like, No, it's not working and then I just hung up. So he was like, well, you know, it's cool. Like, I'll just continue to text you. And I'm like, okay. So he texts. And the first thing he says is like, so what would you think of my show? And I'm just, I, like, I didn't say anything. So literally the next day, he's asking me again. Like, so you never gave me any feedback. I'm like, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. Calm down. The way that you're cringing. I can only imagine. So I'm just like, I mean, and I had to break it down to him. I said, I'm going to be all the way real. <laughs> um, because it was actually, and not to get like dark or, or scary or deep or whatever, but it was so triggering for me. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm i going to be honest. I cried that night because that that is not the first time that I'm sitting here thinking that this is a good person. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Whether I'm with them in person or not and things are going cool, you know, everything is chill. And then all of a sudden there's your dick and that's yeah. happened to me in person before. And it's just like, right. what is going on? So I had to tell him, I was like, the things that I have been through, like in my childhood, this isn't just not okay. Like, right. I don't even know if I'm not even interested in hanging out with you at this point because right. You crossed the line. You crossed the line. So he continues to be like, oh, no, you know, it's cool. I get it. And I told him, I was like, I I don't want to be reduced to just a sexual object. Like, I'm actually looking for a connection with somebody. Like, I don't, I'm not on this app for sex. Like, apparently all the men on Bumble are looking for sex. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm sorry, but I'm just not. He's like, no, I I get it. I understand. I'm so sorry. Um, You know, I, I do enjoy talking to you, blah, 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 blah. Literally, the next snap he sends me is him asking me for a picture or a video of my tits. And I'm like, 
you really don't get it. You're so tone deaf. I I just explicitly spelled it out for you. Wow. That I don't want to be sexualized right now. And you're still still so i finally had to block him because he sent me one more snap that sent me over the edge he's the last snap he sent me before i blocked him was um when are we he sent me it was a picture of his face he was like when are we gonna hang out and when are you gonna wrap your legs around my face or something and i was like i am done i said i'm done i'm done i'm done i'm done I'm done. So this is why dating is traumatizing. <laughs> this is why I'm I'm so traumatized. Shit. Because of shit like that. Like right. I don't even want to have to unload on somebody that fucking early right. or ever honestly about that kind of shit, but I had to to try to humanize myself for him because at that point, I wasn't. And it's just like, how how many women has this worked on? Like, this has clearly worked for somebody for you to be not only doing it, but so persistent. Yeah. What, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, it's a lot. Like, how hard up for sex do you have to be? I don't, like, that's just gross yeah it's disgusting but it's so many women that i've talked to that have had that same experience and people and always so say like weird to fucking dudes to be like so you just fucking pulled your fucking dick <laughs> it's like what the fuck and i don't know like we're monsters man yeah it's 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 so the messed up thing is even after you vocalized how you felt and how it was triggering, he still didn't give a fuck. He still, and not only how I felt, but why. Yeah. This shit happens all around the fucking world. And it's always, well, it's not always, but it's mostly men. Nine times out of ten, it's, probably, it's mostly men. I'm, <laughs> no woman has ever just pulled out her vagina and just like... <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> The, the closest thing to harassment I've ever experienced was one day I was leaving down at the city and I was just walking normal and this uh, woman, <laughs> she had to be about 40, 50. She was like, get it, Big Papa! <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I wanted to crawl all the way out of my skin and I was like, is that what street harassment is? If that's street harassment, I never want any woman to feel as bad as I felt at that moment. Bro. Like, y'all have it terrible. It's it's so, and that's why I can't, I cannot answer the question when people say, why are you single? Or I can't, I don't have anything to say when people say, I don't understand, you know, what kind of men you're choosing. And I'm like, it, First of all, I don't ever know that they ain't shit until they ain't shit. Like, right. It's not my fault. Until they show themselves approved of being ain't Right. Shit. It'd be different if I just continue to, you know, go with the shit, even though I don't like it. But getting hit with this shit off the bat every single time, it's like what it really makes. I don't want to say it makes me feel insecure. It just makes me wonder 
what my value is like and not just me but just women like what are we worth to people Because I've thought about it. Like, I've thought about it from the eyes of a man and trying to understand a woman's perspective. We go through so much shit, man. Like, we carry fucking, we carry your children. And that's why I retweeted some shit a while back, a thread on Twitter that was like, don't wait until you have a daughter to understand that women right. are human too. Right. And that's what it takes. It's just like when Kanye had that song talking about his daughters. They don't want them to get curves and all the other stuff when they grow up. It's like, man, you can't, you don't own women's sexuality. You don't, you don't, for one, you don't own your children. Like once they become adults, they are their own people, period. So you can't control or, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, why are you just, why, why does it take having a daughter to put that in perspective? Because they realize that other men are going to look at your daughter the way you looked at other women. Now, I'm not going to act like I haven't. Like, I've done fucked up shit in the past before I, like, understood things. Because grew up in a toxic society. But I've tried to make amends of things I've done. Like, and that's all I can do. Yeah. Like, when you're young, you do stupid ass shit. I mean, but at least you're doing the work before you have children. Yeah. Thank God. Because what 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 are these men doing who don't have children or don't have daughters? They still just stuck in the same mindset. You see them at uh, Sammy T's and other stuff. Fifty year old dudes creeping on little girls. Yeah, that's true. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. It's I just want to know so many layers to it. Why is why is such a widespread thing too like who are young boys and young men learning this shit from and why why hasn't there why haven't we got a hold of how young men treat women because we were taught most things from our mother even if our mothers try to guide us the right way we as messed up as it sounds, sometimes we overlook the opinions of women, even <laughs> as young men, because they say all the things like, only a, a only a man can show another man how to be a man, and all the other type of shit. Mm-hmm. So you start listening to men who ain't shit tell you stuff, and then you bypass it. You bypass the things that the women in your life tell you, because they're just women. It's taught... Like you're conditioned at a very young age to not respect women. Yeah, it's a superiority complex. Yeah, and it it is in every part of society. And I don't know. I don't know how you can unlearn 
it without going through it. Like, I don't know how you can get to that, that place without having experienced it. Yeah. Well, as messed up as that is. It's pretty fucked up. And I'm just still out here trying and having hope. Because I don't want to become an old, bitter bitch <laughs> with a hardened heart. Mm-mm-mm. You got to believe, Kimberly. <laughs> you got to believe. I don't want to become an old bitter bitch either. <laughs> I'm I'm out here trying to live my best life. Uh yeah, but I'm a little traumatized. At I the see. Moment. But I wish I could tell you I understood why. I I just really don't. I just know that people are trash. Yeah. southerner that's not from here Huntsville to me is like a it's like a niche community how so like we have there's just different segments of entertainment that I feel like are pretty developed or they're becoming more developed like especially the art scene and the music scene I feel like it's growing for sure. Um, They've been doing a lot more, a lot more like live music and bands are evolving and Mm -hmm. coming up out of Huntsville. And honestly, like I can't even say 10 years ago that there was um, so many like live music events available in Huntsville. Mm -hmm. So now I feel like there's something almost every night Yeah, you can go to a bar and there's live music everywhere. And um, like now downtown, I feel like they're trying to uh, make it a little bit more artsy. Like there's a, I don't know if you've been to the color walk. It's like a little hidden street off Clinton row where they have um, just murals of work by different artists, Huntsville artists. Mm. It's pretty cool. Um, there's a lot more murals coming up that I've been noticing, especially in the downtown area. Like that one, the one picture that you got for our um, SoundCloud with the rocket. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one that I never noticed on, is it Randolph? I can't remember. But there's just a lot more, I feel like a lot more of a scene, like a, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, the record store I always go to, uh, Vertical House, they have, for record store day, they put out, they they make mixtapes mm-hmm. called Eargasms, and it's always Huntsville artists. I don't know that. Like, I'll make you a copy of it, because it's a lot of bands, and then it's got two rappers on it. One rapper, that song is dope, it's called Wake Up, it's mm-hmm. King Kofi. Okay. Um, that... I tried to, uh, I'm going to try to see if we can get the rights to play it. That'd be cool. Because I feel like um, we need to start plugging more Huntsville 
Definitely. You know what I'm saying? People. Right. Um, that's why I'm glad, like, Corey mm-hmm. is, like, I, I think that's going to be our uh, intro probably forever. Yeah. Because that fits. And Corey is really talented. Yeah. We went to school with him, of course, and his older sister. Um, Super talented. Speaking of vertical house, though, just low mill in general has evolved. Yeah. Like a lot. Because when we first started going, well, I used to always refer to it as, um, was it the pink monkey? The flying monkey? Flying monkey, yeah. The flying monkey. But that was just, you know, one part of it. But now there's so many more artists in there. Um, people. Yeah, places to eat. Place a little tea shop. Mm-hmm. There's um Tangled Strings, which I'm pretty sure they are like a little mini concert hall. Like they do a mm-hmm. lot of little shows they in do there. Album listenings. There's a man who does sculptures in there, which is pretty cool because that's like literally my background. I had no idea that that was even over there. You could throw pottery. Um, they they are the ones who put on the Bonahu, mm-hmm. which is pretty dope. It was a cool vibe out there. Um. It was set up real nice. I had people out there doing like live graffiti, like huge scale um, graffiti in the back. It was just pretty cool, like stuff that we needed when we were younger. Yeah, that's what sucks. I wish that, like even going back to when we talked about our reunion, how we had like creatives and all the creative people in our class. If there was, if it was financially viable, for us to become artists and embrace our art, like our creativity, a lot of people would have stayed in Huntsville. Yeah. And the scene could have got even better. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm glad that the younger kids are experiencing this uh, renaissance mm-hmm. of sorts. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we can keep some talent in Huntsville. Yeah. Because for the longest, it was like you had to get out of Huntsville unless you were being an engineer or something to deal with technology. Yeah. But now people are moving back to Huntsville. They, they redid, um, big spring park. And it was my first time actually going out there to see it. And it's like super nice out there. Like, cause now they do, um, well, they've always done concerts in the park, but it's just way nicer. Like the vibe, I got a lot of photos. I just went downtown and just took a whole lot of photos on um, Thursday because I was off and I was just like man like I have never actually just appreciated the city yeah it's it's changing and it's beautiful really. it's evolving like um, the day before Akeem came I was off that Saturday so it was weird to have off on Saturday so I went I went to Low Mill Walked around, all around there. I hadn't walked around there in the longest. Then I uh, I went to Campus 805. Had some beers there. Walked around. Just chilled. And then I went to um, the Nook, which I had never been to the Nook, even um, though. I've never been. Even though it's a like, beer nerd. I should have went, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I went there and then I went home, but it was cool to be in Huntsville and not feel like you're a stranger Yeah, or feel like you're not wanted 
because especially like downtown yeah a lot of the places downtown make you definitely feel like you're this isn't your city mm-hmm. and you don't belong here mm-hmm. so to be able to walk freely in a black body and not feel judged or be around like-minded people yeah it was awesome yeah um I was going to say, too, so I don't know if you know about the R&B live sessions that's been going on at the Lumberyard. I, I saw it. I, I want to go on a Tuesday. That's a dope thing. I'm going tomorrow night with Casey, actually. She was like, have you heard about this thing? I was like, oh, girl, I've been going. That's a pretty cool thing because you really get to see a lot of um, like Huntsville talent, like black Huntsville talent at that, the musicians, singers, spoken word. Like it's a pretty it's a pretty legit thing and it's only five bucks and they have food and they have um a drink menu. Like it's a pretty cool vibe. I wanna I I might go. And you know, the lumber yard for the while for the longest, I never felt like that was for us. Mm-mm. But they started having events like that. Right. It's pretty dope. Like that's the other thing. It's 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 black people in Huntsville that want to have a good time and are willing to spend money. You just got to treat us like yeah. everybody else. Yeah. We ain't going to come in doing no wild shit. It's we just, doing what everybody else coming right. here to do. Like, cause we got the same type of jobs and we making the same amount of money that all these other people are. So just let us have availability yeah. to be in these places. Space and opportunity. Right. And the fact that it's like the lumberyard is actually a really nice venue, and mm-hmm. it's like it's pretty cool, yeah. um, in there, and the, just the way that it's set up. But for it to be like at a space like that too was what like really blew my mind, right? Because normally you wouldn't hear about anything like that Mm-mm. being anywhere. But like, who who does shit on Tuesday nights? Oh. Maybe forty seven. I don't know. I don't even know if they do anything on Tuesday nights. I have never actually been there. Really? I have been outside in line and I couldn't get in. Why? Because it was it was like homecoming weekend or something. Oh, uh, was it one and in that, one that's out? That's when they start like uh, like thirty five dollars to get in. Hell no. Uh, well, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing to write home about. The wings are <laughs> the wings are good as hell. Really? But I just I don't like going in clubs that you can smoke in what other huntsville stuff we got um uh, um all the the breweries that's we got a bj's (laughs) it's not a lot of bj's out are we or no 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 drake's the only other drake's there is is the one in kentucky are you for real i think so yeah really Hmm. i didn't know yeah the one in louisville um Shit, did we go there? To Drake's? No, I'm saying look, when we were in Louisville. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. You don't even remember the trip? Man, that, that shit was crazy. That, that was crazy. It wasn't as crazy as my brother's wedding. That was a good ass time. That was a good ass time. See, I wish we, I wish kind of Huntsville could have a vibe like lacrosse. Yeah. Wisconsin did. Yeah. Like where you could do like real like bar crawls. Like we were wild. That was, yeah, they their little um that little block was cool. Yeah. They and had some cool ass bars too. Yeah. 
That one of they were playing jazz music was dope. And the fucking prices on the drinks. My mind is still Dig blown. It. Like that's that's part of the reason why we got so lit. We came to get lit anyway, but right. when you find out that fucking Patron is five dollars and like, like Oh really? <laughs> what? Well, I'm here to fuck shit up. <laughs> Give me four. <laughs> When I got Mia, me and Mia got those Patron margaritas, and uh, I was like, I got it. It was only ten dollars. I was like, shit, they got really do good. Okay. <laughs> I thought this shit was about to be twenty dollars. It was fun that last night. I think I got her drunk. I bought her a shot or two. No, you wild man. I was trying. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, we had we was trying to get it in. We was just doing what we came to do. That was such a fun time. I hate that it was only like a two day. <laughs> Turn around. She was trying to come up here on uh, Christmas. She should have. I was like, you got to stay away from Kim. She go- <laughs> Kim gonna get you. Why in she gotta stay away from me? <laughs> Kim gonna get you in trouble. I'm a good girl. Mm. No. <laughs> I'm a good girl that likes to party. That's all. So, thank you guys for tuning in today to Suburban Pod. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Kirby Brown Girl. And you can find me at a kid named Chips. Some of our music today was provided by our good friend Corey Battle. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJC Battle. New episodes available every Thursday.